Welcome everybody to another Angry Wargamer podcast. I am your host, one of your hosts, Jason the Angry Wargamer. And then we have the usual group, Orlando and Drew. What's up, guys? How's it going, good sir? Uh, it's going pretty great, actually. Um, lots of excitement this week, huh? <laughs> like, a ton of excitement. <laughs> you ain't fucking kidding. I know. I actually took uh, I took a day off of work to follow. No, I'm lying. I didn't actually take the day off to follow it, but it just so happened I took the day off and it ended up happening on the day I took off. So, uh, any other news other than obviously what we're going to talk about tonight? Anything big for you guys go happen this weekend or this week? I should say. Uh, well, on my end, nothing really major. Just the usual work nonsense I deal with. A lot of the stuff that I was doing that 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 I was doing has to do with what we're talking about so it's just kind of like eh. yeah it all fits eh. in how about you lando ah no nothing nothing grand nothing huge at the moment well welcome uh, everybody to the most boring hosts you're ever going to listen to talk about news <laughs> yeah. hooray for responsibility bringing basically sucking the vitality out of us so um, I'll start things off by saying I did catch some shit from listeners that I forgot what Rule 34 was a couple podcasts ago. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I guess there's that. Is you haven't been on the Internet long enough and you poor, sweet summer child. Hey, I was downloading I was downloading porn on dial up where that shit took like a half hour to get to me. All right. Um, 34 didn't exist during that time. Are you it kidding became, me? It became a mo- it became a rule like right around 2003, 2004. How old do you think I was? <laughs> I don't care how old you think it was, how old you think you were. I'm talking about the rule itself. Anyway, I didn't graduate high school to 01, so uh whatever. Let's just let's just say 4chan had everything and still has everything. Anyway, um, I don't know. There hasn't been any like big sales or anything. Um, what do you guys? Do you guys have anything like game sales wise? I don't think we have anything. Um, I did grab uh, a couple of things off of that uh, one switch sale that I showed you. I got, um, let's see, because I got my system right next to me, because, you know, I'm a professional. Oh, yeah, that's right. I picked up Morbid uh, from my side. All right, so I got uh, the Spectrum Retreat, and I think that's the only one I grabbed on sale, and then the one we're going to be talking about was the other one. So, nice. Spectrum Retreat's actually pretty interesting. Um, Morbid is really interesting, too. You unlock your character, like, abilities and tutorials, and as you unlock them, you gain them. But you can also figure them out on your own, too, by, like, little books. But if you die, it just starts with the next checkpoint, and you keep everything. So it's, like, one of those style games. I don't know what they're called. I... I wasn't listening, so I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Great start. No, well, Charlie was talking. Not Charlie. What the fuck? God, I fucked up his name too. Cedric was talking about it last time. It's like uh, you die and you keep everything, and then you move on to like the next. Um... Oh, Hades. Yeah, it's like Hades, but it's not. It, well, I don't know. I haven't played Hades, but it's that style game. Whatever that style game is. Was it roguelike. like roguelike? Yeah, it's a roguelike type game. I kind of like it. It's got. It's a very like um, like dark. Like almost Diablo style, like kill everything, shit explodes. It's kind of that style of game. I don't know. I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. It's it's really hard. <laughs> I mean, there's some stuff I haven't unlocked, but um, I keep dying a lot. So I haven't un- I haven't figured out how to use my skill points, which is I think part of the reason or part of the reason I'm having trouble. But I've leveled up like four or five times now, and I just can't figure that out. But I found, I figured out weapon attachments before the tutorial told me, and I figured out the Dark Souls roll mechanic thing. It's got one of those, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's cool. I like it. It's like a 16-bit, like, cool game like that. And it was cheap, so there you go. Um, Yeah. All right, you guys want to talk about your game. I don't know what game. You guys mentioned it, and I was like, what the hell are we talking about? (laughs) So a couple, I think it was like a week or two before its release, uh, Drew showed me a review of a game called Cyber Shadow. And to be fair, the game, at the very least, looked interesting. So it's a Metroidvania-style game starring a generic ninja of sorts who ends up getting caught in the explosion of a of a I don't know it's not entirely specific or detailed on that matter but anyway he ends up nearly dying is reconstructed into a robot and he's tasked to go find his master the master of his clan and as you play the game obviously some more details are added to it I'm not going to say it because well if you don't want to be spoiled by anything that is much that is as far as i can tell you the story itself is simple but it keeps you engaged as you unlock um secrets and the bits of the story further and further as you go in like i said it's a metroidvania style game if that's something that you're interested in like, if you're into Metroidvanias, it's right up your alley because unlike mo- many modern Metroidvanias that kind of, um, that are kind of lack with its style, like Shantae, I'm not going to give her any fucking slack. Um, it's true, honest to God, Metroidvania style game, and it does not pull any motherfucking punches. So it's like, it's like one of those ones where you, like, travel around the map pick up your power-ups and then like move on to like the next section type thing yes there are secrets galore throughout from power-ups to health pickups and all that stuff that just it, it's all it's all left to you at your vice to to discover on your own it's it's a really really well made really well made game it was done by yacht games it, the people behind Shovel Knight. You know, it's about time but, they made a second game. <laughs> but it wasn't made specifically by Yacht, Yacht, but they did assist in it. Uh, the I don't remember what the actual uh, um, 
creator was, but they, but I believe Yacht published it. Oh, okay. It, yeah, it was Yacht, Yacht Club Games publisher and Mechanical Head Studios. Yes. Was a developer. Anyway, it's designed like a uh, 16-bit game. It is fucking beautiful. The sprite work is phenomenal. There are also ninja cameos throughout the fucking game, or I should say Easter eggs, all over the damn game, and it's really fun to find. So, if, like, you just happen to notice that shit, hey, good on ya. Also, there are parts that are absolutely fucking bullshit. <laughs> like any Metroidvania game has, but unlike unlike those Metroidvanias in which it's usually involving with the uh, with the level up system like Symph Symphony of the Night, uh, this one is mostly based on platforming. So good fucking luck on that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the um, just pictures of the game right now. It looks very very cool. If you're into, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're into that 16-bit, like, Metroid style, even the, the picture of the boss fight that I'm looking at, I, I'm assuming it's a boss fight. Um, it's like a blue dragon. I don't know. It looks pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah, it's one of the bosses. It got also, 7 out of 10 on Steam, 84% on Metacritic, and 8 out of 10 on IGN. So I might be picking up this game, too. It looks kind of fun. It's not expensive. I think it's around 20 bucks right now. So it's, I mean, it has $20 and it has the, the value is there. It's that uh, for, for a game that's so faithfully built on the Metroidvania style, I would suggest at the very least, if you do pick, pick it up, if you're, a, if you're a fan of Metroidvanias, it, it won't, it won't disappoint. But if you're not so much, I would say, wait until there's a, like, a deal going on or something. Oh, this game just released. Yes, it, the I, 20, on the 27th, right? 26th. That's pretty cool. Okay, so today's January 30th, uh, 2021, and it released on the 26th, so it was four days ago. That's not bad. Ooh, look, you can play it on Mac. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> I'm not even gonna touch that with a 30 foot pole. You, uh, I'll leave that up. I'll leave that for you. I'm just saying. I play it on. I I own a Mac, so I do most of my gaming on Mac. So when I can't play things, I get kind of sad, or I just go to my Switch or PlayStation. So it is Look, what it is. The only time I've ever played on a Mac is when I played Nanosaur when I was like nine, ten years old. Well. I was the only the I was going back and I found that I could only play Heroes of Might and Magic three on a Mac, and turns out Ubisoft pulled it from all platforms, so I can no longer play Heroes of Might and Magic three, which really makes me angry, because I fucking love that game. Yeah, my uh, my stepdad's actually a fan of the Heroes of Might and Magic series, but he's been a Might and Magic fan for eons. Yeah, but Might and Magic three was like what got me into it, so it was like a nostalgic type thing. So unless I find the thing on fucking floppy disk with a fucking floppy disk drive, I'm never going to fucking play the thing. You can find it on CD. My bad. It's not that old. But, um, yeah, I'd have to find it on actual CD now. There's no way for me to actually play it anymore. I'm sure that won't be difficult at all. No. 
well once i get once i build my pc i'll have uh way bigger options i'll fucking play it on an emulator if i don't, I don't really care and drew you want to add anything to this game <laughs> since you played it and i haven't <laughs> um he, orlando covered things pretty decently um do, 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 do. i'm doing you a favor by the way me uh, yes you what did i do i'm doing you a favor I'm doing you a solid. Sending me heroes of my magic three. <laughs> I'm sending you a link to the to to uh, eBay listing for a Mac version. What for heroes of my magic three? Did I fucking stutter? No, I don't need it for Mac. <laughs> I don't need it like right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. While we're sitting here, I, I looked it up for you, and it's complete in box too. Ooh, holy shit! All right, there we go. 50 bucks, that ain't bad. Yeah, told you. <laughs> yeah, but then again, every time I say it's not bad, you're like, oh, no, it's not bad. And it turns out to be like a $100 piece of fucking cardboard. Um, okay, so I'm hearing myself echo in the background, FYI. Yeah, yeah, you're coming in and out. I don't know why. It's just you today. Orlando's coming in pretty clear, though. <laughs> I've also moved the mic away from my speakers in hopes that that will help minimize any uh, echoing oh okay there you go fantastic um what, what do we got today we have well okay so cyber shadow is the name of the game uh it's on all platforms it just released four days ago we approve it well three out of two out of three of us approve it because i haven't played it yet but uh, it looks like I'm going to end up approving it. <laughs> yes, you will love it. Yeah, and it's an indie title, so it goes along with our um, indie goodness that we shared last time. Wow, I'm spiking. Have you noticed it? All right, whatever. Okay, cool. Maybe I'll just sit back this game. <laughs> last time I was, like, right on top of the mic. Anyway... Ah, audio issues, 16 episodes in, and we still haven't fucking figured out anything. But we sound better, and we sound shittier in better form. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so what do we... You want to talk about MTG right now? And um, we'll close out the big topic, because it's going to go a long way. <laughs> oh, oh, I can't hardly wait for the for the for the... The suit for, for the main course, it's going to be flavorful. Yeah, so uh, me and Drew have been messaging back and forth uh, on the group chat and in just private chat. Uh, I'm trying to put together, the, together this Angel deck, but at the same time, we are super hyped for Kaldheim. And Drew just got his, your pre-release kit, right? I got two pre-release kits and a, uh, a booster box pre-ordered, and I have no regrets on that at all yeah you got some ridiculous pulls i'm actually like if that's how it's gonna go and you got the you didn't get the collectors you just got the regular i never go for collectors or set boosters that shit as interesting as those are the only reason i pick up set boosters is if they're offered to me like in some kind of weird promotion like gamestop had uh buy one get one 50 off so i bought a couple of zendikar set boosters because they had a few left and like, I got a free set booster when they first introduced them with Zendikar. So I got a couple of the list cards because each one of the set boosters comes with a card off of what 
Watsy calls the list, which is a bunch of reprints that they decided to toss in to the pool of different cars you can get with set boosters. Nothing major. They're all commons, but it's all it's kind of cool to get that kind of stuff occasionally. But I, yeah, I just do I do draft boosters with with any any purchase with that unless I'm buying a unless I'm going out of my way or they're on sale. There's no point. Yeah, I, usually I just go with draft boosters anyway, unless for some reason I see a collector's booster and then I'm just like I'll pick one up. I'm not gonna go out and buy a box of them, but yeah, it's not gonna be, it's not a normal thing for me. Anyway. So we're still trying to put together this. Well, I'm still trying to put together this angel deck. Drew's been helping me. Um, I went to TikTok, asked TikTok to kind of help me out, and they came back with uh, EDHREC.com. Um, dude, that website is awesome. I didn't even know the fucking thing existed. So if you're looking to get into EDH, this is the way. Because the only way I usually played EDH it was by the pre-constructed decks and just play the pre-constructed decks it's supposed to be casual format people have made it into a competitive thing and you can play competitively with it the ceiling for that is super high because it's just it's it's too much to get into right away competitively i they have power rankings i guess on decks that i have never heard of before so i got to figure out what those power rankings mean but apparently it's on a scale of one to ten ten being hyper competitive Six being somewhere in the middle, five being somewhere in the middle, and then one is obviously complete casual, just pick up a hundred different cards and play with it type power level. Um, so we've been doing a lot of MTG talking, and I've been sorting my binder, finding cards, trying to build this angel deck, and let me tell you, a lot of the support that I'm getting for angels and just my color combination is coming from Kaldheim. Um, you've got the runes, you've got some, um, artifact weapons. You've got obviously my commander Frisia, who I'm going to be using, um, which might change. Um, but I like Frisia's ability, so that's kind of cool. Um, but I mean, we've just been planning and then just the, the cards that are coming out of Kaldheim and the fucking ridiculousness that's happening in modern, and on Arena right now with some of these cards, like, turn two straight killing people. Like, <laughs> how? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, dude, the Kaldheim, it, like, t- this week was pre-release week. So if you order pre-release stuff, next week is full-blown release. So if you're looking to buy your booster boxes next week, like me, because I just straight up forgot to pre- do my pre-order stuff. Um we'll go more in depth on like our cards and our draws and stuff. Well, Drew can go on whatever he grabbed this time. So, <laughs> but, um, I'm, when I get my stuff, Oh yeah, we're going to, I'll go through like where my deck is, what we picked up. Maybe even like, maybe what if I'm going to play something standard wise? Yeah. So yeah. What are you excited for? What did you draw that made like, where do you think you're going with it? Well, as far as the set was concerned, my objective whenever I get a new set is to get all the legendary creatures out of it. It's just kind of a it's just kind of a collector's credo for me just to have them, especially because the art's always pretty majestic, but moreover, it's just as an EDH player having a giant pool of legendary creatures to call upon while I'm feeling like brewing something is always something I value. 
but moreover, there were a lot of really interesting cards that interacted with the snow mechanic that I found were pretty cool. Nothing that I would go out of my way to build a deck out of because I don't own enough snow lands to really get the intrinsic value out of it, at least not at the moment. Maybe if I find like a good eBay uh, listing with like, you know, 20 or 30 of each snow land deal for like under under 20 bucks or under 30 bucks, I'd go for that. But like the legendary creatures are where my where my focus was and and one of the reasons why i stick with draft boosters is because the pulls that i end up getting i end up getting the same stuff across the board that you would get out of that you would likely get out of set boosters and collectors boosters like i pulled two of the new planeswalkers in full art and i didn't have any of the set boosters or collectors boosters that was just a draft booster that i pulled from and yeah. I pulled all the I pulled a bunch of alternate arts legendaries at uncommon. One of the gods I got is an alternative art one. So like, it, it, there's no there if for people who are who are buying that stuff, unless you are a premium buyer, and that's what you're trying to go for. There's no reason to waste your money. It's four it's four it's four bucks out of your pocket, and you get the stuff you get. Yeah, it's not you're not getting anything different. You're just getting um, getting it at a lower rate than what you would in a draft booster that's all you have better chances in a collector's booster for more money it's costing you more for better chances but you get the same shit in a draft booster and if you're buying like we buy where i'm getting a couple boxes i'm probably just gonna get one box next week and then a box later on in the month um instead of just dropping 200 off the bat but um yeah, I don't think uh, the way we buy is com- is probably not the best way of doing it, but it's more fun for us. And honestly, the collector's boosters, I don't notice really that much of a difference, to be honest. So they give you a bunch more foils, but overall, I don't think it's really necessary because the foil, the foils you end up getting aren't worth the worth the the uh, pack price. Right, yeah. You usually don't, yeah, exactly. Um, I do have to say, though, that from Modern Horizon and uh, Commander Legends, is it Modern Horizon? Yeah, Modern Horizon and Commander Legends, there are a ton of snow lands in those, and I just realized how many snow lands, like snow-covered lands I actually own right now without buying into Kaldheim. There's a few cards that use the snow mechanic in those sets too i've noticed um especially commander legends they have that snow covered land option um it's not something i'm i would throw in a deck though especially in a commander deck because if you're only throwing one of the card in there's i mean i'm gonna throw a snow covered land in just because but um I don't see the point of throwing one card and hoping I draw that one land at the same time. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, so I'm going to counter this with, with you because I have a friend who actually built a mono red deck. Uh, he built it. It was a dragon themed EDH deck and he put something called an interplanar lens in there and you imprint a land from play onto it. And all lands with that name tap for uh, tap for an additional mana of that color that it could produce. Now the fun part of that is is snow cupboards while they're basics, they have a unique name. So you take that and combine it with your planet lens, 
and only you get the benefit from it unless someone is playing snow covered mountains. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm still learning the 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 combo part of EDH, and so, uh, yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out just because. It's you literally have to have a bunch of two card combos. You could have multiple card combos. Like I found a few angels. One angel is basically when it comes into play, tap all of your opponent's creatures or tap all other creatures. I can't remember. I think it's all of your opponent's creatures. And then there's another angel when it comes into play, it destroys all tapped creatures. So like that is, in my opinion, a combo. I mean, by definition, that's a combo. So. Uh, I'm still learning how to, like, kind of, I guess, piggyback off of other cards. Like, what else could I do with the tapping or the destroying of the tapped or keeping my stuff untappable or, you know, like, it's like a, in the way I'm envisioning my deck is stacking different keywords and different abilities to make everybody kind of it's, it's going to be like a tribal style deck like with slivers all the slivers got stuff but you can do that with other tribal things and you know boosting the creatures and i'm going for like a white control black draw type thing and i'm only using two colors so obviously i'm not using the color of control blue but um i feel like there's still a lot of control at least from the white side with pacifisms removals like swords uh swords of plowshare wrath of god stuff like that and egg and they have a lot of exile things like path of exile and then they have a lot of um graveyard removal or like denial which is kind of cool so i kind of like that portion of it with life gain my intention is to be with the deck in my opinion this is how I, i'm thinking about like building it around is the control part but focusing more on life gain and plus counters because they're big creatures so they have got big numbers so i want to hit harder and gain more life i want to be basically unkillable on the back end and just annoying so i'm not losing the game by life i, I lose by other means if that makes any sense Totally. Yeah. So that's certainly it just makes you an asshole. Well, I mean, there's that's... way more assholeish decks than my idea. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> and if I ever run into a mill deck, I am fucked because what am I gonna do? <laughs> I'm gonna lose on mill. That's just how it's gonna be. <laughs> not that prevalent in EDH as it, as it is in other formats so I think you'll be okay yeah so I don't know like um, oh we were I mean, me and you were talking about the art I have to say though the some of the alternate art is not as cool as the original art <laughs> and Frisia especially I'm looking at because you told me you had the alternate art and the borderless alternate art and I was like yeah I don't like that one <laughs> fair enough I just, it just, it makes her, I mean, and the other one, she looks like the actual, like, you know, head of the Valkyries, like, she looks like an actual Valkyrie, and the other one, it makes her look like a demon eating a body, and I'm like, I don't want that one, I want her to look like an angel, goddammit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
That's it. <laughs> That's all I gotta say about the art. Art, it's the art is in the preference. That's all I'm trying to say. No, no, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Where are we gonna talk? We gonna, we gonna go into it now? We're gonna go into the madness that happened this week. Uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up while we're still on the MTG thing is. Oh, the market right now for those cards are absolutely batshit. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the other thing. The um, Everything... I've noticed cardboard across the board has spiked. Pokemon, um, not so much Yu-Gi-Oh, but Yu-Gi-Oh is really good about keeping their market low. Um, just because they reprint everything and everything's still usable. Well, they reprint most things, I should say. So their market isn't as crazy, but... Um, what was it? A Black Lotus that just sold f- from Alpha for five hundred thousand dollars. A perfect PSA ten Black Lotus, which is unheard of. Yeah. It, yeah, that's just fucking insane. Anyway, I, the whole PSA thing, I fucking hate when people talk about it. Unless you have it graded already, do not compare your cards to a PSA fucking pricing. Because that shit is in a case. It's graded by a professional company. It, it never leaves that case. It will survive fucking obnoxious conditions. Do not compare your cards to that. Do not pull it from a pack and be like, man, if this was PSA, it'd be like $100. No, you're a fucking scammer and don't know shit. Until you get that shit graded, only go with the market prices from your fucking trusted secondary market people. Uh, Channel Fireball, Troll and Toad, um, what is it, uh, fuck, why can't I think of the other one? The one that I use all the time. (sighs) TCG Player, yeah, TCG Player, uh, who else is there? Is that it? There's gotta be more than that. Is there, those are the top three. What? Cool stuff, big. You're gonna have to speak up. For some reason, you sound like far away right now. (laughs) Oh, Cool Stuff Inc., yeah. I forgot about them. So, um, yeah, rely on those prices because those are the ones that are moving. Those are the ones that are actually selling or people have them up at a decent price. That is the price you're looking at, not some fucking collectibles guru, fucking scam artist, snake oil bullshit going on where, oh, man, this this Bulbasaur that's not even graded could be around $30,000 and then fucking ruin a whole fucking market. Don't be that guy. Go by what the shit's selling for, go by the regular prices, and then deal with it. A lot of the shit's not selling, so you gotta think alpha and beta cards, the ones that are, like, graded and stuff and in cases, that shit is not gonna... Even even a raw card, that shit's not gonna move because the price is so high. No regular person is buying a fucking $500 card right now. Um only like real collectors are and they're specifically looking looking for certain things so like i said trust the fucking secondary markets the sites that are out there that people are selling shit you could even trust ebay for that matter because their prices are about the same too um don't fall for the fucking scam artist traps it's fucking insane anyway um who's spiking right now is it tempest weatherlight exodus So at the moment, it looks like 
anybody who's anybody who's been in the game for a, a long time knows that the Holy Grails are the first few in the generation for MTG. So Alpha Beta Unlimited, uh, uh, the Dark Arabian Nights, Legends, Antiquities. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to see they, uh, we, a couple years ago, Homelands was starting to spike a little bit, which it's spiking even harder now. Uh, some Fallen Empires cards were starting to spike, and box prices were starting to go up a bit. And now we're seeing Ice Age, and that block is starting to spike. Uh, fourth edition stuff has been pretty expensive, anyways, and revised is insane right now. But like stuff. Stuff from the Mirage block is going up. Stuff from the Tempest block is going up. There are entire blocks that are starting to see spiking out of nowhere. And it's cards that you wouldn't normally expect to see spiking. Like, I ended up picking up singles uh, a few weeks ago. And I spent like $2 a piece on a couple of Ice Age legendary cards. And I'm not shitting you. Like, the, like the middle of the week, uh, Heroes and Legends MTG... Uh, video that I watched. One was at 25 bucks, and the other one was up at almost 10 to 15 dollars. I'm like, Jesus Christ, these cards barely get played. But nope, they're spiking out of nowhere. And it's like I, I'm either I'm either a profit and I didn't realize it, or I'm really out of the curve on a lot of this shit. And I should join the MTG finance community. I'm never gonna do that because I think they're all fucking scumbags. But whatever. <laughs> I think uh, Ice Age is spiking because of Kaldheim, because the snow mechanic is coming back. I think that might be why Ice Age is spiking. I mean, I could see that, and if you want to make that as if you want to make that assessment, you could do so. But what, what about what about Tempest? What about Mirage? Uh, Where's that? Well, Ice Age and Mirage were in the same block. Uh, Tempest was the block after, I want to think. Because it was Tempest, Weatherlight, and Exodus? No. Alright, so here's the blocks. Ice Age block is uh, Ice Age, Alliance, and later Cold Snap. I don't know why they felt like putting that later in, in the game. Like, literally five to six years later, but whatever. The Mirage block is Mirage, Visions, and Weatherlight. Weatherlight. The Tempest block is Tempest, Stormfold, and Exodus. Okay. All right, well, yeah, never mind. I'm wrong on that. <laughs> so... Too long. What that mean? Don't worry about it. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I've, I've got no excuse for those. I have no idea. Maybe it's just because they're old. I wonder... I wonder if people who are getting into MDG and getting some money are buying old boxes and now that the boxes are being opened it's there's a finite number so we're hitting the cap of what could be out there right now I think that might be why everything's spiking oh I could totally see that absolutely yeah there's, um, a, there's a lot of YouTube but, guys but that's, but, but usually when somebody cracks a box and that starts to, and, and there were multiple boxes and it starts to get into the market, it starts to drop prices. So you wouldn't see that happening. What you're having is, it's a combination of different things. I'm thinking that it has to do with, uh, the, with the collector's market starting to get really interested in cardboard, like you were saying. Yeah. But moreover, there are a lot of people who are playing, who are playing in Man 88 who are looking for 
cards that might help one of their decks in a given PP. Because uh, nine times out of ten, when you're playing against a group and they're younger than you by any metric, if you're playing with a card, they go, oh, dude, I want to see that. I've never seen a card do that. What does it do? What does it do? So a lot of that, people are starting to dig into the older stuff and looking at the budget things that are in there and be like, yeah, I think I'm going to buy some of this. And then you've got the usual speculation that comes and follows that. I'm wondering if this is a response to the market five, six years ago. No, not even five, six years. I want to say like three, four years ago where everything just started to tank. And everybody was just like, don't sell, don't sell, hold on to it. Uh, Elf Investments was talking about it uh, for a little bit. He was like, because um, like the old, like Chandelier and all those other cards were starting to come down in price by like significant amounts. I wonder if this is the response to that and if things leveling out. I could see that. I definitely could see that being a, being a prospect, but that would mean that there is uh, less focus on the older sets now and it, uh, as I said before people are shifting over to newer older sets so the next in line probably would be um, the invasion block so invasion nemesis and uh, I'm sorry invasion plane, plane ship and apocalypse um, the Arcadian block which is Mercadian masks nemesis and prophecy those are all you're going to start seeing spikes in those probably in the next three or four years as well depending on the value obviously they all have their own cards that are really worth money but you're going to see stuff that you wouldn't normally see spiking suddenly spike out of nowhere so this got to be careful some of it's some of it's market manipulation but in a lot of cases people if people find especially when with the, a lot of the youtuber community who plays edh or plays mtg overall if people see them playing specific markets they start building decks around those cards, and those prices spike in response. Yeah, MTG headquarters. Every time he puts out something on a budget deck, the fucking price jumps like two, three dollars. That's what's happening. Uh, if, you, if you notice, uh, Commander's quarters hasn't really done his his stock standard uh, deck techs anymore. No, he, he hasn't. Tactics are. He's kind of just left it nebulous, and I think he's starting to realize that he has more influence over the market than he used to have. Yeah, because I think people are realizing that his decks, because he'll put out like a deck tech, and then all of a sudden, like, he'll be like, this is under 50 bucks, but then it turns out to be like a $100 deck. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, Dude, his, mo his most recent deck tech was using a... Uh, a card called Resputin Dreamweaver, which is a legendary creature from the original Legends set. It's currently sitting at $114 on TCG Player, so that's not budget even just by the commander. Yeah. So, man, that's crazy. Cardboard, cardboard is going up in all sorts. Even like the bubble's gonna pop though. It's gonna. What it is is, people start to get back into sports cards, or people are starting to get into sports cards, and then. A lot of that crew you got to figure around our age, and we all started. I mean, I started Ice Age, revised Ice Age like Mirage, were like my three starting sets. So like everything from like people are going back and they're like, oh man, I used to collect this, or oh man, if if my cards are worth this, and then maybe I can go back and I have some of these, and maybe they might be worth something. So. You never know. There's there's a lot of people just sitting at home right now that are just 
kind of bored and getting back into their hobbies, in my opinion. As we see with our next topic. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I guess so let's move into that one because this is good. It's going to. OK. Warning ahead of time. We have to say it. We are not financial advisors. We are autistic, smooth brained apes <laughs> with the diamond hands. <laughs> this is not financial advice. This is not news. I, I mean, this is not like we just like stuff. That's what we're going with. Anyway, if you know if you if you couldn't figure out what we're talking about just from that, then you live under a rock. But we're talking about the GameStop, Wall Street, um, regular people versus hedge funds. If you don't want to get into politics and you don't want to listen to us, now's the time to leave. <laughs> but we're gonna cover everything because this is a whole bipartisan thing. This is it just happens. The only reason we're talking about it is because it involves GameStop and we've shit talked GameStop so much. And yet we still love playing games and they supplied us with video games after Funko Land went under. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So um, Thursday, this was two days ago. So what was the date? Honestly, this happened months before, but um, most of the shit went down on the 28th. 27th is kind of where it started. 28th is when everything started to like pick up. So um, there is a Reddit that is called Wall Street Bets. And what they were were regular people that would just day trade. So they would trade stocks, talk about stocks they liked and bought some stocks, sold some stocks. It was they're they're day traders. They're guys that would just sit at home and trade stocks, basically. So what happened was is some of them found uh found out that a thing called shorting. Now I'm gonna explain this the dumbest way I possibly can because like I said before, I am not a financial advisor. I'm not a financial like person. I am a smooth brained autistic ape. Here we go. <laughs> we have uh, the way thing that this works. Say I own uh, 50 stocks in GameStop at like 10 bucks when it was 10 bucks. And you come along and you're like, hey, let me borrow your stock and I'll and then I'll, I'll give it back to you type thing. So what I loan you my 50 stocks. Now, you believe the price of GameStop is going to fail. So you're taking the bet that it's going to fail. So you sell the 50 stocks at 10 bucks. So now you have 500 bucks. And when it crashes to seven, you turn around and sell it back to the person for seven. But you've already made three bucks, basically. So you're, hope, you're making the profit on GameStop losing because you've already sold it at the 10 mark. So now you're on a loan to the person that loaned it to you. What happens is, is that when these they're under contract and they expire at a certain time. So what happens is when these stocks expire, you have to pay them back. Now, what we're noticing with GameStop is that the price shot up. So Wall Street bets bought into GameStop stock to screw the person that was taking 
and betting on GameStop failing, who is making money off of losses, basically, off of people losing money. So what happens is, is that the price now goes up. So when they bought it at 10 and they had the contract and it was supposed to be selling at like seven, now it's at 300. Now these people have to buy back the stock to return it to the person that loaned it to them. And they're on the hook for way more than $10. That's the problem. So, well, that's the problem for them, not for the normal people. (laughs) So, are you following? Anybody have any questions right now? <laughs> no, I'm good. You're good. All right. Everybody's following. All right. I'm trying to be as simple as possible. So, um, in two days' time, from Wednesday into Thursday, actually into Friday, Wall Street has lost, or the Wall Street hedge fund people that were betting on these have lost 70 billion dollars if i'm not mistaken yeah 70 billion dollars or they're on the hook for 70 billion dollars right now in three days time the market panicked because the rich people got richer off of people failing but now the normal people are fucking with them and stealing money from them the same feeling they're not stealing this is absolutely in my opinion it is 100 percent justified Oh, it's justified. It is. I'm not saying it's not. So what happens is, when you is, say the word stealing, it makes me. It, it, it leaves the impression. That's why. Well, like, I, I'm going along the Robin Hood line. The same thing. No, it's not quite at all. Well, they are doing the same thing, but they're doing it in reverse. So this thing, this same type of thing, happened back in 2008, when the financial market collapsed and people were losing their houses. So this isn't something that hasn't happened before. Back in 2008. Wall Street was bailed out with a ton of money while people were losing their homes. And they laughed about it like, oh, we're we're just fine because we got bailed out. Well, now the people are fighting back and the people are benefiting and laughing at Wall Street, which is fucking amazing. Anybody that thinks otherwise is in the wrong right now. Well, so um, a bunch of stuff came out. Wall Street bets. um. The Reddit group had to shut down the Reddit for a little bit because they couldn't. And originally they thought Reddit deleted the deleted the group, which is not the case. What happened was, is they couldn't deal with the influx of people coming in. There's close to two million people on that Reddit, maybe four million. I'm actually I can check right now. I joined it because, like I said, I'm an autistic smooth brain ape. (laughs) And I'm going to keep saying it and I'm going to get canceled for it. So who the fuck cares? Anyway, so um, they now have. Oh, shit. The number came down. Seven hundred and eight thousand eight hundred and two people in the group. It used to be in the millions. I wonder if a bunch of people left or if they were just following because. Um, Potentially, their accounts may have been suspended, terminated, because from what I gathered, uh. The government is starting to step in and investigating on these accounts. So uh, because oh yeah. they're trying to argue that what they did was entirely illegal. Right. So, all right. Well, yeah, I'm going to get into that. Hold on. <laughs> I'm trying to give it. I'm trying to give a decent timeline right now. So uh, Thursday, Thursday morning um, within the first opening. OK, no, this is actually Wednesday night, Wednesday night. Um, 
the Discord server was shut down for hate speech for these Wall Street bets people. So the Discord server was removed. Um, this is after market close. GameStop had shot up to $411 a share at that point. Thursday morning, uh, when it opened, the stock tanked to $150. Robinhood, the trading app for regular people, and um, actually removed GameStop, uh, GameStop, BlackBerry, AMC, Naked, and one more company, Bed Bath & Beyond, from being able to be traded. So Robinhood was specifically trying to tank the market to help these hedge fund guys by not allowing to buy it. Turns out they weren't the only ones. E-Trade, Ameritrade, um, Weeble, and somebody else. There was one more. I can't remember who the other one was. All did the same thing. The only one to stay open was Fidelity. Now, what I'm mentioning right now is the different companies where you can buy and sell stocks on. different The different exchanges, basically. Um, so what happened was um, a bunch... The news broke. It was all over the place. If, Like I said, if you haven't been following, then you're living under a fucking rock. Or just not attached to social media at all. So what happened is... Um, they found like they everyone complained. They sent out letters to people saying you can only buy some like uh, you can't buy at all. The only thing you can do is sell. So everyone was taking their money out of Robinhood and moving it to other exchanges like the Weeble and all the other stuff. So they were able to buy stock. They got the price back up to three hundred and twelve dollars a stock by just holding. All you had to do was hold your money. That's it. That's all you have to do is hold the money and these People are going to be on the hook for a billions of dollars, which will bankrupt a lot of them. In fact, they've already had some changes happen to other companies who are staying away from what's going on right now. Anyway, so you had AOC. I'm sorry, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, because apparently it's racist to call her by her Twitter handle. Um, Rashida Tlaib, Ted Cruz, uh, David Pointnoy. Portnoy, um, Mark Cuban, and um, one of the, the other one, of the, Kevin from Shark Tank. All of them come out in support of. Um, fuck, why can't I think of the Wall Street bets, Reddit, and what they were doing and what regular people are doing to these hedge funds. They're all in support of this, and they all came down on Robinhood. David Portnoy did a couple of interviews uh, talking to financial people. Uh, Mark Cuban is still texting, still still tweeting about all this stuff uh, because on Friday, they limited the amount of purchases that you could make up to a five. And if you already owned more than five stock in the company, you could not buy any more. You could only sell. So Wall Street is still actively preventing people which sparked lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit um to come in for a form of clash action suits against robin hood so the sec is going to step in 
But we're, we're at this point in time, it's unclear whether the SEC is going to be investigating the people or if they're going to be investigating the funds. Now, this is where things get spicier because this just happened over Friday night into Saturday, into today. So um, the new financial, is she the, 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 well, who's the financial person for the government? What are they called? Not the treasurer. You mean the secretary of state? No, not the secretary of state. The secretary of the treasury? Yeah, okay, the secretary of the treasury. She just got appointed on Friday. She had received money from Capital, uh, Capital who who is an investing firm who owns... Uh, who does who's 40 percent of Robin Hood's business, who has been bailing out Melvin Financial, who is the hedge fund that is owns the most GameStop stock. It's called positions owns the most in GameStop right now. That's going to take this huge 70 billion dollar hit from Thursday into Friday. Capital had given a billion dollars back to or given a billion dollars to Melvin to help bail them out. Melvin is the hedge fund that's everyone's trying to crash. So capital had paid the secretary of the treasury right now money for speaking up to 300 and almost $400,000 in speaking things. She's the one that's supposed to be investigating until Friday afternoon. It was unclear if she was going to recuse herself from the investigation turns out she is so she's no longer going to be investigating she's removing herself from that because of the conflict of interest from capital all this information had come out it's it's fucking fantastic how everybody's linked together it's phenomenal it's like watching the world burn in real time i love this shit so um so she recused herself from the case. So she's no longer going to be investigating. So somebody else is going to take that over. The SEC said that they, um, I don't even know what the SEC stands for. I guess we should probably look that up. Security Ex- Exchange Commission. Orlando. We'll be waiting. It's not like we have anything better to do. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going to have to wait until he figures out that we're not there. Wait, what happened? There you go. I've been here. I've been talking the whole time. And you were completely cut off from that entire moment. I bet you I wasn't. Well, hear it then. No, I I was. uh, We couldn't we couldn't hear you at all. Oh, okay. Well, dropped on our end. Whatever. I'm still here. (laughs) It recorded it all. I just looked at it. I just looked what at it. You, it recorded what did you think it all. We randomly started talking out of nowhere while you were talking. Oh, I thought well, you guys were talking about looking up what the SEC means. Okay, no. so the no. SEC, the SEC, to go along with this, is the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. They handle the markets, and their job is overseeing the financial markets to make sure that stuff like, you know, insider trading and shit is not going on. <laughs> Shocker, it's been going on forever. Um, and now that now normal people... hold pe- on, hold on, hold on. Are you, are you accusing that very, that very, um, 
institution of not doing their fucking jobs. Yeah. Gasp. 100%. Nancy Pelosi bought Tesla stock one week before President Biden signed into law that they were moving to electric vehicles and Tesla was getting the contract on the government level. So don't tell me there wasn't insider trading there. In my no, opinion, no, I, 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 in my I'm opinion, just, if you're the one making fact. the fucking laws, you should not be in the market, period. <laughs> oh, agreed. Absolutely agreed. It's so why it, it that sort of thing is called conflict of interest. And that's where you see the most corruption where it lies. Right. So it, as of right now, the SEC is investigating, but we're not sure who they're investigating or what they're doing. Um, President Biden, the only thing that we heard from them and from the press secretary is that they're keeping an eye on it, unclear of which way they're going. Um, Everybody, Wall Street people, there's a video out there. I swear to God, you guys have to watch this thing. It's the best two minutes of your life. It's two minutes of Wall Street head fringe people crying. The best video I've ever seen in my life. And they're like, we're just trying to protect ourselves. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, okay. So, so ruining everybody, ruining everybody else's retirement and fucking with everybody else. And now you're the victim. Okay. Maybe, maybe. Reminds me of fucking, what's his name? Richard Watterson from Amazing World of Gumball, where he loves to watch everybody be miserable and la- and he laughs at it. But then when something bad happens to him, he goes, it's only funny when it happens to someone else. Yeah. In, in my opinion, there was a, I don't know. Did you guys ever watch South Park? Who hasn't at this point? There's a South Park episode where uh, something happens to rich people and they're like, they put out a video and the rich people are saying, this person was about to buy their fifth home, but now they can only live in four. <laughs> Ahead of their time. Ahead of their time. Anyway, all the videos that are coming out and all the memes are coming out are fucking phenomenal. The some of the best ones are um, the people are like, maybe, you know, maybe you should plan better and, you know, don't go out and get that Starbucks coffee or uh, eat at home. Don't go out to eat at restaurants or, hey, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. (laughs) All valid. Anyway, advice. right, right. So anyway, so this has become a bipartisan thing, except for a few hiccups. Here's a few. Here's a few hiccups. AOC and Ted Cruz agreed on Twitter. AOC then accused him of attempted murder. Uh, yep. And then uh, said she is not willing to work with her, but will work with him or any of the Republicans that have from the events on January 6th, but said she will work with other Republicans. Okay, great unity we got going on there. Second thing, Elizabeth Warren put out a three-page letter to the SEC in favor of the hedge funds. Huh. I wonder why. Yep. So... Elizabeth Warren, who everyone thought was supposed to be basically Bernie Sanders, turns out, (laughs) shocker, she's not, (laughs) is um, in is wants normal people to be investigated and wants regulation to happen on the retail side. Okay, there's two sides of this. The retail side is the normal people. So uh, like me, you, Drew, anybody going out and buying stock on Robinhood or E-Trade, whatever. 
And then the corporate side of the people, the non-retail side, the ones that are doing this for a living, the brokers, the, um, the exchanges, all those people. Those are the two sides at war right now. Uh. Basically, she's on the grounds of you poor people cannot be allowed to get rich. Yeah. Tim Pool. Fox can do it as much as you please. Yeah. Tim Pool actually does a really good video about this. And I recommend watching his video on the Elizabeth Warren thing. He actually goes through the tweet and the letters. And honestly, um, I had the same reaction he did to him. I literally had to stop reading him because it just made me sick to my stomach. Like, wait a minute. You're a Democrat. And all of a sudden now you have a problem with what's happening on Wall Street. While the rest of your party has been coming out in favor of what's happening right now. Yeah. So. Two good things have come out of this. One, AMC is using their profits from this event um, to restructure, and it actually brought them out of debt. Effectively, we've saved the AMC movie theaters. And I say we because I actually spent some money in the stock market to get into this. (laughs) I feel like I'm part of this now. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so... Uh, AMC has been saved. They, they've completely come out of bankruptcy uh, or uh, out of debt because of these events. So, you know, kudos to, to, to us and the Wall Street bets guys for saving the movie theaters because of COVID. You know, they were having issues. Secondly, uh, GameStop have been completely silent about what's been going on. So. If I was GameStop, I would use this opportunity to repivot the entire structure and come up with something fucking new to save that fucking business to come out after COVID is over. You were already on the downslide. Here's your chance to save your fucking business. Yes, turn around everything, get rid of your shitty management structure that's been in place for too goddamn long, mm-hmm. pivot away from brick-and-mortar stores to, to a point of a trickle, and use your money to to further in, invest out into the internet and events. Push events. You have the opportunity to have your local GameStops become an LGS of sorts if you invest correctly and make it so that the actual GameStops have value in that regard instead of just being a stupid brick-and-mortar store selling physical copies of fucking used games that mm-hmm. no one gives a fuck about anymore. Yep. I'm a physical collector, and I'm saying that too, and I know. I've said it in an earlier... Po- I've said it before. It's just like, I will always be a physical collector where I can be, but even I have to be realistic. The, the future is purely digital. Right. And honestly, what I think is happening right now is the executives of GameStop are waiting it out and they're going to just dump like everybody else is once the bubble hits the top and it's going to be it's going to hurt them. And honestly, like GameStop needs to do the right thing right now. They need to. And that, that Elizabeth Warren tries to make this. This is what is sick about this. They're saying that this is affecting the working class people in this business. Not the fact that the hedge funds are trying to bankrupt the company to get rid of the jobs, but the fact that we're don't, that GameStop is gaining money and it, that is hurting them. How is that hurting them? It is not hurting them. If they were looking to sell, that's hurt. It's going to hurt them now because now they're not going to be able to sell the company. 
they're not interested in telling you the accurate information here. They don't no. care. No. They only care that as long as you're dumb enough to believe in their statements alone, mm -hmm. then that's all that matters. That's why she said it. She's There's... hoping that not enough people know that what she's saying has is complete bullshit. Well, here's the here's the hilarious part. The real hilarious part is that when this was starting to happen, they tried to tell everybody that the Wall Street's bets and the people that were buying GameStop were white supremacists. They were trying to push the race card and everyone went, no, 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 don't even. And it never went through. It is if. Oh, man, if you see everything that's happened over the last year and just what's happening right now. Like, this should give you a clue that the last year during all of this, all the political shit, all of the race baiting, all of everything was a bad idea. Like, they were doing that on purpose. And now, now that everybody's coming together, they try it and they got steamrolled, fucking steamrolled for trying to even say it. That needs to continue to happen. That right there is it's your only tactic. And people are realizing to just what bullshit it is when you whip it out for the upteenth time, you're only going to piss off people even more. It was such a clear and obvious distraction tactic oh. that there was no there was no other response more appropriate than complete, utter backlash. It backfired hard and justifiably so right yeah I, I agree and you want to talk about uh distractions let's talk about the meme that is the dogecoin <sighs> dogecoin is a joke <laughs> it is a way to steal money from people it is not going to be a joke if people keep thinking there's there's real value in it but it is <sighs> man People were distracted by Dogecoin, pumped money into it. It shot up to eight cents a coin and people dumped out of it. Now it's back down to two, three cents a coin and people bought in too late and are on a loss side of it right now and are going to have to hold. And it's that was the biggest distraction that came out of this. And they distracted people with Dogecoin. Now you have random people like, oh, what's the next stock? Let me get in because they missed out on GameStop all it, it created it created a like suction for greed for small time people that like just missed out and just figured out about it like last minute i bought in but i didn't buy in i bought into naked and naked is a um swimsuit company from australia and i bought in at a buck 50 and the stock's at a buck 70 right now so uh, I'm up 20 cents a share, which I'm not making tons of money on it, but I wasn't planning on making money on it. I just kind of wanted to be involved with what was going on. <laughs> so my other stocks are doing well, though. <laughs> anyway, um, it's 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 going to cause a lot of bad stuff. But going going back to GameStop, everybody else is doing something good out of this. People actually. A ton of good stories have actually come out of this. Uh, people, uh, somebody's mom bought them stock 
and games uh, robin hood was giving away free stock to sign up so somebody signed up for their kid bought them like five or six shares i think they ended up buying like seven shares of gamestop when the price shot up the kid sold them made like fucking seven or eight grand and paid for paid for like something paid for like a car or something there's people who got into gamestop early who paid off their medical bills who paid off other people's medical bills there's guys in the wall street bets that are donating the money that they've made from this to charities like these people are not they're not the bad people they're doing good and it's helping people and that's what like that's what people don't understand the government went a whole year of locking people in their homes people were out of jobs and gave them uh, if you had kids close to like five grand in stimulus for a whole year, that's not even like enough for like five months of some people's rent. Like you gave them nothing. You gave you made them struggle to eat. You gave them nothing. And now they're fighting back and they're winning and they're they're surviving. And what are you going to do? You're going to turn around and shit on them. Of course they are, because it's rules for thee and not for me. And that's been the mantra that people have been stating for the past fucking four years, because it's been a count, it's been a fucking constant hypocrisy that we've been living under for God knows how long. This is the catalyst. This is the final bridge no further that, that, that these fucking idiots have, have procured for themselves. You yep. reap what you fucking sow. And, and this is what has occurred. And the best this part, is the, rage. the best part, it happened on GameStop. What, what better fitting, like stock could they have picked? GameStop. They're literally stopping the game. Like they had to stop the game to win on the other side, to try to win on the other side, and they're still losing. And then the fucking slogan, "Power to the Players." Like, what a better fucking fitting genre, like, mantra could we have right now? Like, and then the stuff that came out on, uh, I was uh, trolling the Wall Street Bets, like, Reddit. Was it, uh, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, GameStop? <laughs> and, every, like, the, the memes are hilarious. The slogans fit perfectly. Like, what better way to, in, in 2020, man, in 20, no, 2021, I should say. Had, like since January 1st for me specifically I don't know about anybody else has been every week fucking something amazing happening something hilarious happening my fuck like we got to a point where the fucking building I work at was started with caught on fire and I was like goddamn when I said I wanted to see the place burn I did not mean literally but that is fucking awesome <laughs> like <laughs> And now, and now all like everyone's being exposed. It's 2021 is, is I'm gonna just gonna call it the year of exposure. That's it. That's it. The year of exposure. Yeah, that's the best way to look at it. And and honestly, like the funny thing is, is going back to what you were talking about with them calling this a white supremacist movement. I couldn't have giggled harder when I heard that. Because as I was listening to that podcast, I'm literally flipping through Twitter and I'm seeing videos of every race and creed of people going to talking about how Robin Hood fucked them out of the ability to uh, to pur purchase GameStop shares. And I'm like, yeah, totally a white supremacist movement. You fucking 
dirty, filthy, disgusting fucking liars. <laughs> well, it's like maybe maybe they're trying to coin internalized white supremacy, no, white nationalism, the same way uh, that uh, the same. I'm just I'm, I'm just playing just the, the idiot here because clearly the, there there's no justification for their sheer stupidity here. No, I'm just. I'm just being an absolute so, dumbass with it. <laughs> so the, and we love you for it. <laughs> so the theory is when you hear every anybody anytime you hear anything, if you're on the fucking internet, you've seen it, hold the line. The longer they hold their stock. Now, this is I kind of figured this out. This is kind of like um, a simplistic form of this. So when you own shares you can set a uh, a buy limit or a sell limit i should say so like say um you put in a contract to sell at a thousand or five thousand so when the stock hits a thousand or five thousand or in the case of these assholes what happens is once the contracts expire if everybody is asking for five thousand dollars or six thousand dollars return these people have to buy up to the $5,000 mark the stock to pay back so they're going to be out even more money so but what people are saying is to remove those contracts so that the sky's the limit because the longer you hold and those contracts end they have to pay people back and they have to buy those stocks so they can offer they can offer you like to the fucking moon on these on these shit somebody actually figured out in the group and this would completely bankrupt all of Wall Street. This would ruin the entire financial market. If they got GameStop shares to 63, almost $64,000 a share, it would bankrupt Wall Street completely. They would have no liquidity. There would be no financial system. It would just go broke. Like, done. <laughs> So, um, I don't know if that's the goal. I don't know if that's the right goal, but bankrupting the hedge funds that are taking advantage of people, that is the right way to go. Absolutely. Uh, what's going to end up here's my theory on what's going to end up happening going forward. There will be some sort of quote unquote reform. Ugh, God help me. Um, and the things that the hedge funds were doing are going to be verboten across the board. Because if they try and pull that shit where normal people can't do it or they create some weird fucking stipulation, the backlash that they're going to receive from the general public is going to be insurmountable and they won't be able to rationalize what they're doing. So it's going to have to be an across the board thing. Right, I get it. But that's what I'm seeing happening. Now, I was talking with somebody on Twitter about it and they were kind of bellyaching. They weren't bellyaching about, you know, being a stockbroker or anything, their viewpoint from it was, you know, there's all these leeches on the belly of this movement who are making money off of this, and I'm just like, and? Right. I don't have a problem if people profit from a situation. Why the hell would you care at this point? Oh, because they're trying to make people buy specific stocks so they can profit off it. So? so? That's how the market works. <laughs> Oh, what do you, what do you think? The, what do you think the whole? What do you? What do you think? What do people think the whole speculation thing is about? Like, the the, the whole speculation thing is to get people to move into certain things. The re, the problem is is that not really the problem. The thing is is that these hedge funds they're purposely tanking stocks, so they're purposely tanking them to make money on them. 
that's they're already they're already doing what you're complaining about the wall street bets doing they've been doing it for years and that's now now you got a problem with it (laughs) because we didn't we didn't know that that was kind of what was going on we were imagining that these drops were actually you know natural in the course of the market since obviously such a process is overly cumbersome and complicated that it's not something that the average person is going to look at with a fine comb but now we've seen that that's not necessarily the case at all these assholes have been manipulating the market into their favor and made immense amounts of money off of it for decades right right so here here so wasn't what was I gonna say there is a company that um, does this that figures out who is getting shorted and they they do they do both sides they do long investments and short short investments so you can long a stock like so you can buy it at like 10 and then borrow it the same way and then long it saying you know it's gonna go up in price type thing I don't know why you would do it the same way but I'm probably not explaining that the right way, but you can do it two ways. You can long the stock where you just hold it and it gets higher and that's what you're banking on, or you can short it. Now, the shorting is where the hedge funds do most of their business, where they short the stock, they go lower, uh, sell it at the price that it's at, and then hope it goes lower to make their money. That's how they do it. So there's a company that does that, and they, the, I can't remember the name of the company, um, but they have come out and said that they are no longer going to study short positions on anything. Like, they're no longer doing it. They're no longer going to speculate on shorts because people were getting their information, and that's how they found GameStop and realized that somebody had almost a million shares of GameStop at a certain price, and that's what's causing the Melvin thing. So now a company just, speci- like, they, they've already said that that's not going to happen anymore. So now companies like Melvin, obviously... On face value, they're probably still going to get that information because it's going to be insider information. But it, now, um, companies aren't going to go out of their way to producing that information, I don't think. So it's going to be harder for them to get the information, supposedly. Um, I don't know. I, I, I still think that what's happening is the right move. And one, if, they, if they realize that Melvin can go down... I guarantee, like Drew said, the government will step in, make some regulations, and then we'll go right back to being ignorant assholes, apparently. Yeah, that's not going to happen. The, 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 the lid's already been blown off of this. What's going to occur now is you're going to see a greater uh, civilian grouping of people who have much more vested interest in stocks and crypto overall and it's going to permeate through the entire internet sphere. Basically, the the curtain's been drawn here, people. The fucking wizard has been shown for what, shown for the fucking charlatan he is. There's no going back. You can't do it. I don't care what bullshit, you know, wag the dog nonsense they're gonna try and pull. People are aware of what they can do, and even if you had a few people in in that, uh, that Reddit group who have stock understanding or are financial advisors, all they have to do is just make sure that the general public knows to avoid what to avoid and what to go for. Can, yeah. it, can it get blown out of proportion or be manipulated? Sure. So can everything else. 
what's being done here is a is a is is a standard ground scenario where the the general populace took the paltry fucking pittance they received for sitting on their ass for almost a fucking year and they decided to fashion it into a shiv and put it at the fucking soft throat of Wall Street. And as far as I'm concerned, all, the, all that's left is the press. Yep. And here's the, the other thing that got exposed that I just found out about probably within the last day, maybe day and a half. The banking system runs off of pure silver. So if they were to turn around or Americans were to turn around and each say every American, there's billions of us, bought two ounces of silver, we could hold the banks by the balls. Which is like, really a weird thing because we're supposed to be a fiat currency. We're not supposed to have a gold standard or a mineral standard at all. Yeah, that's not true. It's the, the reason it, right now it's called the petrodollar because it runs on the buying and selling of fucking oil. <laughs> so... It's, uh, it used to be the gold standard, and then it went to the petrodollar, and the petrodollar is kind of what's fucked us at the moment, which created the cryptocurrency, but the entire banking system is run off of silver. Well, that, I'm probably not, again, not saying it right, because I'm not a financial guy, <laughs> but my understanding is the banking system is run off of silver, and because banks can borrow out f more money than they actually have, which is also another problem... Um, if every American bought at least two ounces of silver, that we could own the banks, <laughs> literally own the banks. I'm pretty sure that most people have an have an ounce or two of silver somewhere in, in their homes, like hand me down keepsakes from family members, non non uh, costume jewelry that that people might have. Just based on those things, if you took the collective amounts that are probably exist, you probably have more than enough on that if that was something you were going to focus on. Yeah, I got to do more research on that because, like I said, something about silver in the banks. So, so here's something I wanted to bring up. And this kind of circles back to what we were talking about before with MTG. You were talking about things spiking across the board, and there's a, there's an, there's a side thing for that as well. People are starting to divest from the from the U.S. dollar, and are investing in other things. So collectibles, stocks, crypto—they are completely divorcing themselves from from the, the paper the paper U.S. dollar like wholesale because they see the writing on the wall that there's the potential for hyperinflation with all the money that the fucking government's been printing in stimulus. Yep. Yeah, it's going. You're going to. People are moving into physical assets instead of, um, instead of money. They're moving into physical assets instead of money. It's it's easier that way. It's it, having a ta having something tangible to people. It's like oh well, we you know we want to go to completely di like the, the, there were always all these stories in the past like couple of years about oh we're going to be have a all digital society and. Everything's going to be digital, including the currencies. Like, you don't understand how this works. You can't just generate an infinite amount of money. You have to have collateral for the money to be generating. 
and I'm not even a financial advisor, and I could tell you that just that, that just makes sense. Ooh, okay, I figured out the silver thing. You want me to... Uh, I'm just going to read this from the wiki. Obviously, it's, it's a wiki, so, you know, whatever. Think what you want of it. Um, here we go. Okay. Um, by Acts of Congress in 1933, including the Gold Reserve Act and the Silver Purchase Act of 1934, the domestic economy was taken off the gold standard and placed on the silver standard for the first time. The Treasury Department was re-empowered to issue paper currency redeemed in silver dollars and, and bullion, therefore divorcing the domestic economy from the biometallism uh, and leaving it on the silver standard, although international settlements were still in gold. The, this meant that every ounce of silver in the U.S. Treasury vaults, the U.S. government could uh, continue to issue money against it. However, stamp uh, overprints which were used under the Silver Purchase Act of 1934 to finance and national the nationalization of U.S. silver mines and also carried taxes ranging from one cent to a thousand dollars ended in 1943. The silver certificates were shredded upon redemption since the redeemed silver was no longer in the treasury uh, with the world market price of silver hanging over her head with the world market price of silver having been in excess of $1.29 per troy ounce since 1960, silver began to flow out of the treasury at an increasing rate. To slow the drain, President Kennedy ordered a halt to issue $5 and $10 silver certificates in 1962. That left the $1 silver certificate um, as the only denomination being used. On June 4, 1963, Kennedy issued Public Law 88-36, which marked the beginning in the, of the end of even the $1 silver certificate. The law authorized the Federal Reserve to issue $1 and $2 bills and revoked the Silver Purchase Act of 1934, which authorized the Treasury to continue to issue silver, uh, silver certificates uh, by now limited to a dollar denomination because it because it would be several months before the new $1 Federal Reserve note could enter circulation in quantity. There was a need uh, to issue silver certificates in the interim because of the Agricultural Adjustment Act of 1933 granted the right to issue silver certificates to the president. Kennedy issued Executive Order 11110 to delegate the authority to the Treasury, uh, Treasury Secretary during the transition. Silver certificates continued to be issued until late 1963 when the $1 reserve note was released in circulation. For several years, existing silver certificates would be redeemed for silver, but this practice has halted on June 24, 1968. Finally, President Nixon announced that the U.S. currency would no longer redeem currency for gold or any other previous precious metal, forming the final step in abandoning the gold and silver standards. This announcement was part of the economic measures known as the Nixon shock. Oh, here we go. Okay, that, okay, that part I'm more familiar with because during that time, um, since the American, since the U.S. dollar was overvalued thanks to the economies of the previous the previous few wars, including World War II, uh, the United States was essentially. Um, essentially carried the the hard currency of just about the entire world um, and made the promise to the other nations that it they could collect their bullion 
anytime they wanted. The first nation to try this out was France, who took literal shiploads of gold and silver back to France. And when, uh, and when this was att uh, attempted successfully, other nations followed suit. At this point, while the dollar was still overvalued, Nixon eventually removed the, removed the dollar off the gold standard. So that ended essentially the natural, no, the natural currency uh, values that we once held. So, okay, there's one more paragraph, but a lot of these sentences need uh, citations needed. There's no citation on these, so this might be all opinion right here. Due to the monetary policy of the U.S. Federal Reserve, calls to, for the return to the gold standard have returned. Some states have chosen to use a loophole in their Federal Reserve Act, which gives individual states the right to issue currencies of gold or silver or rounds. This was done because the Federal Reserve Act does not allow them to print their own currency if they wished. As of January 20, 2012, Utah allowed the payment of debt to be settled in silver and gold, and the value of the American silver and gold rounds were used. Uh, rounds used was pegged to the price of the precious of the given precious metal. Payment uh, in some cases was or can be requested to be made in silver or gold rounds. As of 2011, 11 other U.S. states were exploring their options to possibly make similar changes like Utah. So, apparently it's trying to go back to the silver standard. Well, that's because we, uh, theoretically, this um, baseless system was not sustainable, especially with the with the with the ridiculous highs that we've been accumulating in terms of wealth over the past few decades. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, if people are trying to go back to the silver standard and it's owning actual silver and precious metals, then, yeah, everything's going back to a physical state, like Drew said. No, it's not necessarily that they're going to get actual gold and silver. That's not necessarily. It just means that your whatever paper currency you have would be backed by the precious metals themselves. Right. That's how the. That's how it used to be. You don't necessarily have to carry, but theoretically, that system would imply that you could always go to like any bank and literally exchange your your paper currency. Or literal gold or silver right but here's what happens when the majority of the american people own the physical precious metal that the banks are lending money on you literally don't have enough for a population of over 300 million you do not have enough gold and silver to have to to give to to give that value to everyone eventually the banks will crash Right, that's what I'm saying. That's the that's that was the whole point I was making. <laughs> like if people if people actually owned more than the banks did or somehow found a way to get more than the banks did, it would kill the banking system. Well, technically right now the banks are doing something that's called um damn, I I, I can't remember the name of the term, but essentially it is a they're giving they're doing loans 
more than what they care, what they actually have. Yeah, I said that already. <laughs> they're allowed the to. I can't yeah, remember the name for it. To. Yeah, by law, they're allowed to. I don't know um, if uh, <laughs> my buddy who listens to this, Quiggles, if you're listening to this and you want to come on and talk, we'll do the whole crypto thing and we'll talk about all of this because you're my crypto guy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that'd be cool. Get another listener on. I've been trying to we've been, I've been talking to him about doing a whole crypto. We've been talking about doing a whole crypto episode for how many episodes now? And, um, yeah, me and him have been talking about a lot about the situation and we've just been like every other normal person been dying, laughing at what has been happening. And, um, yeah, it is fantastic. Fan fucking tastic. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) I think we nailed everything. I, I, I try to do a decent timeline for you, for everybody and give you guys an idea of what's been happening. And I think I, I did a pretty, pretty decent job at it. I think at this point we just, you gotta just kind of postulate what's going to happen. And I think we, we should each take a, we should each take a, a pot shot at what the future holds after everything. I'm going to go and yeah, say... Yeah, but, but people don't want to hear that. Remember, there's people on your Facebook that they don't want to listen to a guy just talk about fucking how much they like Pokemon or how are... Hey, this has been going on. How do you feel about it? <laughs> well, you're also talking about the dude who was... Who we'd already brought up on the podcast in the last episode. So, uh, you know what? His, his, uh, his opinion <laughs> on that's kind of irrelevant. Yeah, I almost actually went in on him. I was like, fuck that guy. Like, fuck you. And then I saw who it was and I was like, oh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally the way I looked at it, too. Like, I didn't even take him seriously. I'm like, oh, look, it's a postmodern pseudo intellectual who doesn't give a fuck about who isn't going to be interested in what we're doing unless it's uh, unless we shove our heads directly up our asses and smell what we ate. So to be 100 percent honest, though, does anybody really care what what normal people have to fucking say? Like. Until we until we own their until we own stock and are holding them up for ransom, I, I guess we I guess it does matter. Yeah, I guess. Oh. But but at this point, my here's how this all plays out. It goes one of two directions, and I don't think there's a third at this point. Reform comes in, all of the all of the 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 weird uh, shorting stuff gets clamped down on hardcore. And the, the 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 lackadaisical stock purchases get get trickled back down into a, a, a more um, a more reasonable level on all sides, not just not just for the retail uh, buyers, but actual, but all the way across Wall Street. Honestly, things, I, I want to see things regulate back to normal. Yeah, honestly, I want to see somebody go to jail. I think people need to go oh. to jail. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. But the other way this goes is, well, it goes the it goes the Heath Ledger Joker way. It just fucking keeps spiraling out of control, because every time they think they've got a hold of it, the the uh, <laughs> the, the Wall Street the Reddit Wall Streeters just kind of shift focus and go to a completely different direction. And even if they had somebody on the inside and Reddit listening to what was happening, there's too many disparate people going in eight different directions that they can't. 
feasibly correct the market quick enough to be able to stop it. And you're going to see more hedge funds fall, like collapsing on themselves like neutron stars. And I honestly think that that would be for the best. I mean, considering how things are going, a lot of companies like like PayPal, PayPal lets you trade uh, trade and buy uh, cryptocurrency now. The, the the writings on the wall, and I think Wall Street's this is this is just the 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 final like lashings this that 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 particular market needs to digitize wholesale into cryptocurrency. That's my guess, and I'm sure your buddy will either confirm or deny that. Oh, uh, the, the, the if he comes on, I hundred percent is going to be a fucking tinfoil hat Alex Jones episode because me and him we I. I love the guy and we talk conspiracies all the time and I'm not a conspiracy guy. So I kind of balance them out, but like you're going to hear all of it. The great awakening is coming folks. <laughs> no. Uh, so in all honesty, uh, we're going to find out Monday. So uh, February 1st, cause that's when a lot of the contracts are up. So when Monday, February 1st comes around market opens, we're going to see, we might see the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> no if one's gonna be happens, no, no one's gonna be able to react fast enough and the we've been, you know, we've been expecting this for years now at this point the anticipation feeling is gone it's just more of a sense of dread like get on with it already yeah Pull well, the trigger. people from across the world are buying into our stock market to help with this it's not even just uh just people in the u.s there's people overseas that are dumping money into this the the you know the exchanges to help <laughs> it's insane it's insane but honestly if you're if you listening to this and you haven't gotten into it don't bother getting into it right now don't be no don't make this one of the fomo things just sit back watch and fucking die laughing <laughs> So what do you think, Orlando? What's your, what's your take on this? What does the future hold, in your opinion? I'm not even considering it right now, in all honesty, because uh, this, is, this has been a giant fucking train wreck of a storm. And no matter how you want to look at it, uh, you're just going to end up laughing, in all honesty. <laughs> Dude, I have never seen something fucking unite a population so hardcore i have marxist friends i have i have actual traditional conservative friends i have all sorts from right left center fucking out in the out inside out in the fucking space cadets are all just like yeah this needed to happen and i'm glad it did and they all have their reasons for wanting it to happen but at the end of the day we're all looking at each other and we're saying the same fucking thing fuck them yep yeah, basically, because they've been basically fucking us over for fucking decades, and they're just upset because they are receiving the wound for the first time in over a century. Their asses got to get bailed out in '08, and you know what? They thought that they, were, they thought people were gonna forget that that happened. Uh, uh-uh. uh, nope, they didn't forget. And you gotta understand the the, the value of a grudge. And when you leave the working class with a grudge that hard and boredom that fucking expansive, those two things unite into a glorious concoction of insanity. Yep. The and internet doesn't forget. Nope. <laughs> it, refuses, it refuses to forget. 
No, 100%. That's the mantra. The internet doesn't forgive, the internet doesn't forget. Mm-hmm. That's the truth, though. Because how many, like, anybody who's been in part of the cancel culture knows that they forget nothing. And they, if it's been on the internet, it is there forever. If you decide to forget, somebody else will remember it for you. That's just the oh, yeah. way <laughs> yep. Uh, well, that was a good. Uh, I don't know. Hour well, here's and... a side random note. Sure. Uh, I was looking at my Marvel vs. Capcom Dreamcast disc box thing case. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and for whatever fucking reason, one of the images shows uh, an X Men vs. Street fighter image because for whatever reason akuma is in here and i know for a fact that akuma is not in this fucking game marvel vs capcom i thought he was no the original one no he's not oh ryu is in there and the reason they did that the they removed they didn't put akuma in the game instead ryu can transform into either uh the his shadow version which is just akuma's move set or his Red Dragon transformation, which is just Ken's moveset. Yeah. But yeah, just fun. Yeah. No, I know it's a it, it, random tangent, but I, I, I just <laughs> kept looking at it for like the past half hour. Like, wait, this is really fucking weird. Why you, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? It, it makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what did I do? So I have uh, I to finally took I sorted all of my MTG cards and I finally put the Pikachu in a top loader. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I was debating kicking it down the stairs in the top loader, but then I didn't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> so I will never stop it. That's a fucking ridiculous game. <laughs> well, after I'm done with this with this podcast, I'm going to be listening to Heroes and Legends. And I get to see what what out of my fucking collection just spiked into the goddamn roof because I'm imagining there's going to be a few. Yeah, if I mean I use uh, I use TCG player. TCG player is like my main source, and they have I'm an app. For the, I'm just waiting for that Lubu card to finally be on sale as an individual no, uh, individually, so I can just buy it and get out of the way. It'll probably be like maybe a dollar or two, since those cards apparently aren't very valuable. But I still yeah. want Anyway, yeah, but that's the whole fun of it. It doesn't have to be valuable to look cool. One of my favorite cards is like under 50 cents. <laughs> and that's fair. That's fair. I'm not trying to argue. I'm not I'm not complaining. It's just I'm just stating a fact. Like, yeah, I use if you, if you want like the uh, TCG player has an app. Um, I can buy and sell on it because I have an account where I can sell. Um, so I can just take from my collection and scan in my cards and sell straight from the app. The good thing about it is though, is that you can literally set up different collections. So I have an MTG collection, which is like all of my MTG rares and some uncommons that I thought were cool. Um, I can scan them in. You can scan everything in. you can scan your commons in if you wanted to, and it'll list you the current price for that card. Um, the current listed price on the card and it, it's, you can choose like um, like a near mint, lightly played. You can choose the different like damaged cards. You can put those in there, too. 
and I've got one for uh, MTG, one for Pokemon, and eventually I'll have one for Yu-Gi-Oh, I think. But um, as of right now, like I, I, I honestly recommend it because you can you can search their shop through the app. Um, you can scan in the stuff. You can literally sell. You can trade in items to them for store credit. Obviously, you're not going to get as much as actually selling the stuff. Um, and then you can see your, you know, your store credit, your inventory and stuff like that. It's a very, very cool app with TCG player. And I don't know if anybody else has it, but you can literally, you can, like I said, you can shop straight through this app through their website and order, you know, do your pre-orders or whatever you need to do on this app. It's really fucking cool. So I, I was I was using the app for a bit, but the problem is, is uh, my old phone, I didn't have the room for it. So I just go to their website. The one irritation that I have is every time I go into a different page, they're like, they're, they have a pop-up that's basically like, you should download the app. You should download the app. And I'm like, I don't want to download the app. Fuck you. Oh, yeah. I haven't been on their actual physical website in a long-ass time. So um, just because I found it easier for the app. But, yeah, it's... um. Like we mentioned, you know, four of them, four or five different companies. TCG Player is the one I kind of use exclusively. I'm not sponsored or anything fucking by them, and I don't ever really plan to be. Um, I mean, if somebody comes to me and says Channel Fireball's got an app, maybe I'll log into that app and use their app. Who knows? But um, as of right now, I just exclusively use TCG Player. So, TCG Player, if you hear this, you can sponsor us. Please do it. Please, please. I, I exclusively use TCG Player and Card Kingdom for most of my transactions. So yeah, Card Kingdom is is friendly too, friendly to use. I haven't had a problem with them. I've used them a couple times. Um, well, their customer service is downright fucking uh, affable. They, anytime I've had any issues, um, they've uh, they've helped me and then some. Like I had a situation where one of the parcels that I had was actually stolen by a mail carrier and the fuck i got <laughs> i got written documentation from the the postmaster that i could scan in and hand off to card kingdom and they're like oh you don't even have to give it to us we have a working relationship with the post office we'll we'll contact them we'll get everything situated and you'll have your uh, your credit back in or if you want we'll just send you replacements i'm just like fair enough yeah <laughs> So, I don't know. It's, um, yeah. I don't have a, it, Games Workshop is kind of the same way. We want to talk about that stuff, but, um, customer service stuff. Anyway, yeah. I don't, I don't have anything else to talk about. And we're like short 15 minutes of our two hour mark usually. <laughs> well, I mean, we could keep, we could keep speculating on what's going to happen on Monday because, again, new new month, new experience. Honestly, I just want to see what happens and then report on it next week because I'm just like, I think, I mean, we covered basically everything that happened within a four day span. Mind you, it's it's been going on for longer than that. And it's been prepping for longer than that. But um, it's just seriously exciting. There's no other way to explain it. I spent all day Thursday on my day off staring at my phone <laughs> trying to find the new info um the lawsuits that were coming like i was doing everything to research and honestly this is probably the most i'm ever going to know about finance <laughs> this is it right here <laughs> fair enough oh yeah all right 
I, Orlando wanted to talk about something at the end before I close it out. No, no, no. Just uh, just a link. Uh, uh, just a just a plug in. Uh, you happen to enjoy me and uh, Drew. We do a podcast called Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar, uh, available on Anchor. We do uh, we do an episode every Saturday or so. So uh, if you're if if you're interested in other topics instead of just like video game related, we do talk of philosophy. We do we do discuss politics from time to time, uh, and uh, feel free to check it out. There you go, folks. <laughs> you can check them out if you're if you're tired of listening to just me talk, <laughs> or if you hate me, go listen to them. Um, yeah, so that will be it. Uh, GameStop, MTG goodness, a full release next week. So you can find it in most. You're gonna find it in all your stores. At least you should be. If you're not, then that's an issue, and uh, we'll cover that for sure. Um, watch your cards. Oh, a little bit of advice on the MTG thing. If a set is rotating out, cards will naturally spike in that set. I ran into this issue with uh, Liliana of the Dreadhorde from uh, War of the Spark and a lot of actually uh, Spark Double and a lot of other cards from War of the uh, War of the Spark. When that set rotated out, those cards spiked in price. So just because it's not expensive now doesn't mean it won't spike later on. So that's just a little advice. So keep your keep your shit organized so you can flip through and grab it out of whatever bin. And if it's not in a binder already, it's usually the rares and um, uncommons that will spike first, though. Commons usually don't spike more than like 50 cents at most. And that's that's being generous. So, yeah, Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, It's been fun. I hope you learned something and uh if i'm an idiot fucking please tell me i'm an idiot because i enjoy that shit and um yeah remember oh wait wait you can find us oh i almost skipped it you can find us on facebook on um twitter at angry wargamer and angry wargamer podcast on facebook you can find me on the tiktok if you want to find me type in angry wargamer and you'll see me with the logo um it's more miniature stuff so you guys can whatever with that one you can find us on youtube at angry wargamer again you can just listen to us there or the spotify and apple podcasts and podbean obviously and then if you want to interact with us do it on the facebook and the twitter you got drew at punk toast at twitter and lando is at ragnarok night on twitter and i'll respond to you i'm not we're not above that fucking we're not we're not that Hollywood shit where we don't respond to people. Like you want to interact with us, interact with us. God damn it. <laughs> remember, dare you. Lando is not even my real name. It's only my stage name. Whatever. Such utter disrespect. <laughs> That's how we treat you for not being here all the time. Anyway. <laughs> At least he's more consistent than fucking Phil. <laughs> also true also true phil hasn't been here for fucking he's been here for two episodes maybe three anyway um yeah so remember find us interact with us and stay sexy and go fuck yourself